What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Chris Trees. I am your host, Chris Stefano, aka Chris Trees Stefano, and we are going to have some fun today. We are going to be talking about my favorite redheaded legend of comedy, not Bill Burr, not Andrew Santino, not Louis C.K., not Donald Trump, but instead, the one with the biggest dick of them all, Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball, legendary comic from one of my favorite sitcoms, I Love Lucy, and Venetia said one of her favorite sitcoms that she watched growing up called I Love Lucy that she watched at in Greece on her black and white TV, and she thought it was a new show um, that she was watching in the late 90s. Lucille Ball, born in Jamestown, New York, as Lucille Desiree Ball. When I hear that name Desiree, it makes me horny because a lot of Puerto Rican girls, they're named Desiree, and a lot of strippers. Lucille Ball, born August 6, 1911. She was raised by her mother, whose name was Desiree. So that's pretty narcissistic. My mom's like, I love, imagine my middle name was Lynn. Hey, I'm Chris Lynn DeStefano. Actually, it's pretty badass. Her Lucille Ball's mother uh, was a, a convert pianist, which I don't know what the difference between that and just a regular pianist is. People say convert pianist. I'm like, what are you, are you just a pianist? What are you converting into? So Lucille Ball was raised by Desiree, the convert pianist, her mother, which nobody knows what a convert pianist is. You could just be a pianist, but you can tell us in the YouTube comments what convert means, Chrissy convert, and her maternal grandparents because Lucille Ball's father died at the age of three. Not Lucille's father. He died when he was older. I'm saying Lucille Ball was three. Now, Lucille Ball's father wasn't three, but she could have been because I said her mom's name is Desiree, and that's Puerto Rican. Lucille Ball... She started performing in school plays as a child. Uh, she pursued show business as early as 15 years old. So Lucille Ball literally got into show business at 15 years old. She's the original Pete Davidson. So Lucille Ball's mother, Desiree, was actually encouraging her to have a life in show business and to go to school in New York City. She actually wound up going to the Dramatic Arts School in New York City, John Murray Anderson School of Dramatic Arts in New York City. She, she goes there because her mother didn't want her dating her boyfriend, Johnny DeVito, who sounds like a dirtbag, and guess what he was? Because Lucille Ball was 14 and Johnny DeVito was 21. Holy smokes! I mean, that's crazy. Johnny DeVito, 21, Lucille Ball, 14 and they were dating and Johnny DeVito wasn't even her teacher in Lucille Ball's early life she dyes her hair from brown to blonde she just keeps dying it she's having an identity crisis she works as an in-house model for a fashion line Lucille Ball was a hottie with a body okay literally was a model like smoking hot model she went under the stage name Diane Belmont and she worked as a Broadway chorus girl during the 1920s, the roaring 20s, baby. She was a chorus girl. She was a model. And she started her career okay. Like, you know, she, she people liked her and the industry liked her and acting coaches, you know, were like, you should probably give up because you're not good enough. We've heard it all before. But at 17, she became ill with rheumatic fever and she couldn't work for two years. So her career literally almost got ended before it started. I think one of her acting coaches gave her rheumatic fever. But now the career takes off. Because here's the thing, some people just can't be stopped. And Lucille Ball was one of these people, you can try to stop them any way, shape, or form. They will eventually make it to where they need to be because they were always right where they were supposed to be. 
She got a national ad as a cigarette girl in Chesterfield Cigarettes in 1933. Now, we know now cigarettes, no, can't smoke them. But back then, everybody was smoking cigarettes. I mean, the Marlboro Man. She was like the original Marlboro Man. She was the cigarette girl in Chesterfield Cigarettes in 1933. And this cigarette commercial led her to be cast as Goldwyn Girl in the film Roman Sandals. And bang, her career take, took off. Roman Sandals was a big hit movie. Back in the day, I remember my grandpa would say how much he loved Roman Sandals um, and the Goldwyn Girl. And he would actually, he, that's how I first heard about Lucille Ball. When we were watching I Love Lucy once as a kid, and my grandpa said, oh, I remember her from the Goldwyn Girl. She was such a beauty in the Goldwyn Girl. And now I'm realizing my grandpa would masturbate to Lucille Ball. That's what it was, but I get it. That was the woman of his time. That's just who it was. That would he she she was the comedian of their time. And me and my friends, we masturbate to Ellen. That's why I have my hair like this. Trying to be you. Babe, Lucy Ball got contracts. They signed your girl, Columbia, RKO, MGM. All these people want to make movies with Lucy. And she appeared throughout her career during the 30s and 40s. She was in all these movies, but it was a lot of B movies, okay? B movies, not really good. I mean, good, you know, people like them, but you ain't like a star. And so she struggled to be in like a breakout screen role. She just couldn't get in. So she tried to dye her hair again. That's what she thinks. It's like, she's, that was like Samson with her. She thinks it's all in her hair. She's dyeing her hair different colors. Baby, be you. I need you to be you. Be who you are on the inside. You know, you got, you got dirty ass, blonde hair. You're kind of balding. Roll with that. I want you to roll with that. But- Right now, she's in a place, wants to just, you know, get that big roll. So she dyed her hair again, this time to the fiery red hair that later became synonymous with her. So she found it. She dyed her hair like Ronald McDonald and said, I'm going to be a star baby. And yes, you were. Now, Desi Arnaz enters the chat. The truth is, nothing is fun without a little Latino energy. So that big Latinx energy that we needed, here comes Desi Arnaz. In 1940, Lucille Ball... She was the lead of the musical Too Many Girls, which is there ever too many girls? Where she met and fell in love with Desi Arnaz, the hot Cuban sensation. You know, you've seen him. Of course, he was the star, one of the co-stars of I Love Lucy, Desi Arnaz, the Cuban hottie with a body. And he played the, the initial, the, the, Desi Arnaz was the first Cuban Missile Crisis. And that Cuban Missile was going into Lucy's pussy all day or a day. As it would be me too. If I was there on set with the Desi Arnaz, I would say, please invade my Bay of Pigs. Desi Arnaz, he played one of uh, the character's bodyguards in the movie. Just like Kevin Costner at Whitney Houston. It's love. Everybody, every woman loves a bodyguard. So I'll be your bodyguard, Snapchat CDTV. But he was a little bit younger than Lucy. Ready? See, you don't see that much in the old days. Lucille Ball, what you'll see throughout this, so stick around, is that Lucille Ball defied odds, and she was like a pioneer. She was doing things way before women were doing shit like that. Way before. So, oh, it was always the man is older. That's what it was. The man is older. I'm going to be older so I can manipulate you and control you. That's what it was from the beginning. But this, the script was flipped. Little flip of the script. Desi Arnaz, six years younger than Lucille Ball. So now Lucille Ball is the pedophile. They fell in love as you would. Because how could you not fall in love with, with the Cuban Missile Crisis and you know her beautiful red hair? They fell in love and they eloped, which also wasn't very common back then, on November 30th, 1946, months after meeting. They just immediately went zero to 100 and said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this because that's what happens when you get involved with Latinos. Trust me, I know I had a baby with Jasmine like that. Like that.
Now, Lucille Ball as a redhead. Life as a redhead with Lucille Ball. She took on many roles to reinvent herself. She made a breakthrough in uh, 1947 and 1951. She took on radio. Um, she started as like that ditzy housewife in the CBS show, My Favorite Husband. Now the CBS show is My Favorite Murderer. <laughs> this show actually crushes for CBS, so much so that CBS says, you know what? We want you to create your own show, Lucille Ball, you redheaded little number. And of course, Lucille says yes, but only, this is what I love, this is, this is what, where it is. If you're gonna listen to anything, listen to this right now. A woman standing by her man. Lucy says yes, but only if Desi Arnaz could play her on-screen spouse. And CBS says no. This is the early 1950s. Cuba, uh, Desi Arnaz was from Cuba. So they don't need some Latino on 1950s television. They don't want some Latino on 1950s television. They want it to be white and white. There is no interracial dating. America ain't about that life. It's puritanical. They could say whatever you want. That's how it was. They do not want Cuban-born Desi Arnaz to play Lucille Ball's on-screen husband. And they didn't like his accent. They didn't like any of it. They said, this is not going to go. People are not going to watch this. So Lucille Ball straight up says, well, then there's no show for you. No soup for you, which I love that Lucille Ball did that. And Lucille Ball and Arnez, they started to tour as a husband and wife vaudeville act. They say, F you, CBS. You don't like it? Fuck you. And they do their own thing. They started a podcast, pretty much. They got told no by the network, and they started a modern day. They said, well, we're going to take this thing live. Because if you believe in something, don't let other people tell you it ain't worth shit. You just do it on your own, baby. And that's what Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz did throughout the summer of 1950 to prove to CBS that people would watch. They took that vaudeville show all over the country, and they sold out wall to wall. And the vaudeville show was such a huge success that CBS now agrees to shoot a pilot for what would eventually become I love Lucy. So there you go. If you're a young person in entertainment, understand these networks don't know what they're looking for. You have to show them. They have no idea what they want. They're idiots. Most of them were in the accounting department two years before they're sitting in with you. So if you want to do something, just go do it. CBS also passed on all my shows. They passed on my sitcom. They said no. And then I made me start the podcast and look at me now. This shirt's from Zara. Now, the I Love Lucy pilot, which, by the way, I just want to say this into the camera. I want to put it out in the universe. I will have a sitcom one day, and I will call it I Love Chrissy, and it'll be the reverse. Desi Arnaz will be a woman. I will have a Latino woman love interest, and I'll be Lucy. I'm going to dye my hair red. The I Love Lucy pilot. Now, you got to understand, this is a crazy time for women. I mean, they're not getting anything. They're getting no, no major roles. They're not in charge of anything. You know, I mean, this is a time where, you know, if you have an unwanted pregnancy grandpa opens up the closet and says pick the coat hanger that's how it is so this is huge that lucille ball was given her own sitcom pilot on cbs now most shows were broadcast live from new york with the use of one camera that's how it would go you know that's a very 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 famous kind of way to do it one camera from new york Desi Arnaz saw the value of the show being preserved on film and he didn't want it to be live. He instead said, I love Lucy needs to be taped. Now that was his idea. Why? Because he's a man and he has a bigger brain. So Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, they wanted the rights to the show. And guess what? CBS gave it to them because red hair is scary. It's, a, it's got authority and it's power. Donald Trump. 
CBS gave it to them and that was dumb of them because CBS, now they know and all these networks know you never do that because all the money is in owning. And now all these you know, people that own these networks, they get all the money. Where do you think they get the money to go to Epstein's Island from the TV shows? But Desi and Lucille Ball said, no, no, we're going to Epstein's Island, not you. The fact that CBS said yes to them owning the show was gonna make them future millionaires. I told you it was always about one camera back in the day. Well, not only did they do a live studio audience, which was unheard of back then, because they had trained this show in the vaudeville scene. So they were like, it kills in the live audience. Why not have the live audience? Makes sense. They also used three cameras, which is still what it is today. And a, a, a multi-cam sitcom is still three cameras. So they kind of pioneered this idea that we still literally shoot to this day. Also, this got sitcoms to move from New York City to LA to take advantage of the studio's multi-camera setups. So for the longest time, things were always in New York, but Lucille Ball gets them to go to LA. Well, I'm gonna be the guy that brings them back to New York because I'm not going to LA to do this goddamn sitcom. I Love Chrissy is gonna be in New York. Maybe we'll do it in New Jersey if it's, if it's better tax laws. What happens is Lucille Ball, not only do they own the show, they own the studio that's filming it. They make a studio called Delu Studios, D-E-I-L-U, and they produce the show. This You have to understand how unheard of this is at that time. She got CBS to give her the rights and she owns a she made a production studio. This is a woman. This is a woman that literally people at that time were thinking women have small brains and they can't do anything. And like they, you know, it, it, you know how women are in the 1950s. Just get in the kitchen, get in the fucking kitchen and smoke, start smoking cigarettes and take care of my kids. And let me cheat on you with your best friend. That's what this is. So. The fact that Lucille Ball is doing this is just because she's a different kind of energy. She's coming with that. Lucille Ball was bringing big dick energy in the 1950s, and we love it. Literally, Lucille Ball is the original Lizzo. I Love Lucy premieres October 15th, 1951, and it was an overnight success like that. Just everybody loved it. Probably mostly women in the beginning. They were like, yes. They were like, yes. They love to see this fiery-haired, red-haead woman on there with Desi Arnaz, her Cuban husband's going crazy. The show's hilarious, just answer Venetia. And it ran for six years, okay? What was the show about? Well, you had Lucy Ricardo Ball, Lucille Ball, but you know, Lucy Ricardo was her name in the show. She was a young middle-class housewife living in New York City. Um, she would concoct plans with her best friends and landlords, Ethel and Fred Mertz. Those are, they're a great part of the show. She would appear alongside her uh, husband, Ricky Ricardo in his nightclub, and he was a band leader. So he had a band, and Lucille Ball was always with him. You know, they, they had the crit. Everything you see in a sitcom now, the wacky landlords, the fun, like Seinfeld, all that, it's all from this. I Love Lucy, it's all that formula of like crazy landlords, you know, one of the characters does some kind of cool job and the other one's involved. It's all from this. It's like literally just a model you see over and over and over again. I Love Lucy, the first one to do it. Now, when it was on the air, it was number one in the ratings, and, and it never, ever dropped below number three in the ratings, ever. Not once. It was constantly number one. Um, and here's another little fun fact. The actors who played Fred and Ethel Mertz, who everybody loved in the show, they hated each other in real life. So that happens. So listen, Lucille Ball show, it's number one and never drops below three, which is, don't get me wrong, it's great, but there were like five shows on the air during this time. Like nobody was, there was three channels. So it's kind of like it was a little bit easier to be number one, but I think Lucille Ball, even if her show came out today, she'd be still, she'd be number one. Or it'd be a reality show. About, it would actually be ruined today. It'd be a reality show about the two of them, and then one of them would wind up and wind up in prison for tax embezzlement.
In the 1950s, TV was strict. You think things are woke and PC today? Try the 1950s, hon. TV had a huge impact on American and world culture. So anytime that there's a huge impact on culture, the government is going to get behind it and they're going to put all their little ideas through it so they got to stay in this box, which sucks. Many critics have dubbed the 1950s a golden age of TV, but sets were expensive. The audience was pretty affluent. Um, and sex in the 50s and 60s, sex was a private matter. Even a suggestion of sexual relations between married couples was inappropriate. You could not even talk about it. Networks, they went to extreme measures to prevent even the slightest hint of sexuality, even in marriage. You couldn't even think about it. You literally, I don't know, what would people do? Would they like think they would probably felt so bad about themselves if they were having sex? You know, like nowadays, it's like nowadays somebody will stick a dildo up Big Bird's ass and my kid will watch it and clap and we all love it because we're like, that's forward progressive. Birds, you know, can have sex too. Like it's it's crazy how much life has changed. Even though they were married on the show, they were slept in two beds on the show. If you remember, Lucy and Arnez had to sleep in two separate beds. Cannot even suggest they sleep together. Who? What do you? Th how do you think they made babies? What did Arnez just have to shoot his load just to have her open up and like a carnival act? What? It's ridiculous. But back then, everything was puritanical. In the 1950s, you really couldn't even say the word pregnant. Like you, you just had to imagine like that the stork dropped the baby off and there was no sex. But Lucille Ball does an episode to, it's the first episode in television history that depicts a pregnancy, okay? They literally depict a pregnancy on CBS and they insisted that a pregnant woman could not be shown on television, nor could the word pregnant be spoken on air. But um, they got approved from several religious figures. Uh, the network allowed the pregnancy storyline, but insisted the word expecting be used instead of pregnant. Um, and Arnaz actually got laughs when he deliberately mispronounced it as spected. <laughs> he said spected. Well, yeah, spected. The episode's official title, if you want to Google it, is Lucy is Encente, which is E-N-C-E-I-N-T-E, -E -E, which is the French word for pregnant. This is what how ridiculous people were back then. But the title's episode never appears on screen, but you can find that puppy on YouTube. She was one of the first pregnant characters ever on television, and she portrayed a female in a way that was not seen before. Lucy Goes to the Hospital was another big one. That aired on January 19th, 1953. It is the most watched television episode of all time. Season two, episode 16, 44 million people watched that. It's like a Floyd Mayweather event. Literally, everybody watched it because it said Lucy Goes to the Hospital. I, I got to start titling my podcast episodes, Chrissy Goes to the Hospital. We need some views. Put that in perspective, Lucille Ball's episode gets 44 mil. President Eisenhower's inauguration the following day, 29 mil. Beat it by 15 schmillies. There you go. Sorry, Ike. Lucille Ball's actual for real cesarean section because she was really pregnant. It's not like she had a pillow. Desi Arnaz was getting up in that ass. They were sleeping in the same bed. So she really was pregnant and her real life cesarean section was scheduled for the same date that her television character gave birth. Interesting. All right, so here are some interesting facts about the show. The show was so popular that the stores were quiet when it was playing. You know, like how like things will just be on in the background now and people are talking, not with I Love Lucy. If that thing was on, you shut your mouth, okay? It was like the national anthem. The heart in the opening uh, credits wasn't what originally aired. Um, it only became the iconic opening once CBS started rerunning the series in 1959. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, before then, the opening and closing credits featured clay figures of Ball and Arnaz with sponsored products. Uh, they were literally doing everything they could to not have a Cuban man on television. They were like, can we just put a clay version of him on there instead? Um, and it was the first show to syndicate reruns, which 
you know, that's where all the money, Seinfeld is a billionaire because of I Love Lucy. Literally, if I was Seinfeld, I'd be like, can I, I would, if I was Seinfeld, I'd go eat, I would literally, I'd go down on I Love Lucy's corpse because you're have money because of I Love Lucy. So the popular episodes are Via Meta Gavin, Lucy is Incente, Lucy's Italian movie, Job Switching. Literally, the show was just so ahead of its time because of the portrayal of women. It was dope. She was constantly coming up with schemes to get what she wants. She was funny, zany, beautiful, and just a, a woman that paved the way for other, you know, uh, uh, female comedians to, you know, be slapstick comics and just get their voice out. She was like a pioneer like she was just a pioneering female. She was as big of a pioneering female as Caitlyn Jenner. Here's the truth though. Listen, shit is not always as it seems. So Lucy and Ricardo, aka Desi Arnaz, they were married from 1940 to 1960, which many ups, many downs. Um, they were in love for most of their lives, but it is tough to be with the Latino. And the relationship was tumultuous. It was crazy. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's fun, baby. And so they get divorced because Arnaz was womanizing on problems with alcohol. What, what can you do? And, uh, and then so they eventually get divorced, which again is not, that doesn't happen back then nobody you just sit there and take it like all our moms and grandmas just sat there and took it not lucille ball you know even though they had problems they still made it work for the for the tv relationship they finally do get divorced in 1960 but until his death in 1986 arnez and ball remained friends um and they spoke about each other in a good way lucille ball though after the divorce did get all the rights to the show that's the thing is, yeah, we're BFFs, but here's the thing, sweetie, is I'm Lucille Ball and I'm getting all the money and I own the show, not you, you Cuban son of a bitch. So Lucille Ball goes off the air in 1957. She, and she was in other shows. She was in the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, uh, the Lucy Show, Here's Lucy, Life with Lucy. She just kept going. She just kept going because the woman cannot be stopped. And she became the first woman to head a production studio. And after the divorce, as I said, with Arnez, she became the first ever sole female owner of her own production studio. Good shit, babe. And also, did you know this? The production company, Desilu, which Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz owned, they produced the Dick Van Dyke show, Star Trek. They had some bangers. So after um, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz divorce, she marries Gary Morton. He was a Borscht Belt comic, 13 years her junior. The Borscht Belt comedy scene was a big, com it was like, you know, the Jewish comics would go around and do all, you know, it was it was a comedy scene from the, from like, you know, vintage uh, 1960s. Borscht Belt comedy, the Catskills comics. It was like this certain brand of comedy. You can Google Borscht Belt comedy. It's, it's fun to watch. Morton said that he never even fucking did, saw one episode of Lucille Ball, um, but she immediately installed Morton in her production company, taught him the television business and promoted him to producer. He played occasional bits on her various series throughout. Um, so yeah, so she just moved uh, Gary Morton right the hell on up in her life. That's what some good dick will do. Why is Lucille Ball important? Well, she died at 77 years old. April 26, 1989, she basically paved the way for women in television and comedy. She just did. She paved the way. And in the 1950s, life was still pretty sexist. And she just came out and broke down all those barriers. She was a boss bitch. She was the first woman to head her own production studio. She got the rights to the CBS show. She did baller shit as an entertainer and a businesswoman. And I love you, Lucy. I do love Lucy. And I want my daughters to be like you. And I'm hoping that my daughters make a production studio and are the boss bitches that Lucille Ball was. So maybe one day I can get a TV show on the air. Because so far, it hasn't worked. I have to do a podcast in a fucking studio. In closing, I love you. I think you're a badass bitch. I hope that more women and post-op biological men act like you. And I'll always be a fan. 
I hope to have a sitcom one day and call it I Love Chrissy and I'm going to dye my hair red and get a Cuban woman to play my wife that I'll eventually divorce one day and cut out of my life completely. So that's it for this episode of Christeries. And remember, yesterday was history.